0: Our citizenship is in heaven. And this is not our home. And if you're like me, I'm becoming more and more aware. I'm feeling less and less at home here. You feel that? Uh, The Proverbs talks about that, you know, if you you're too long and too often in your neighbor's house, guess what your neighbor's house is. It's not your house. It's your what? It's your neighbor's house. It's their home. And it's not your home. And it said that if you're, they too often and too long. Do you know what the, the proverb says? It says that they will get weary of you and hate you. And I don't know if you've noticed, but it seems like the world is getting weary of Christians. And even hateful in ways. And less tolerant of our stuff. They don't want us to leave our stuff around. Don't be putting up crosses and nativity scenes and Ten Commandments. They're a little weary of that. Why are, why are they so agitated by that? There's something about that. But we need to understand what our role is and what, what, where are we in time and, and what's going on and how do we handle this? And I think, first of all, it, it takes us realizing this, this world is not our home. And as I told you, our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3.20, just the first part of the verse, for our citizenship is in heaven. That's, that's our home. That's where we belong. Now, let me make this real clear. I don't want you to be a weird Christian. Everybody raise your right hand. So I will not be weird. All right. And, and let me just add this. And if you insist on being weird, do not mention Meadowbrook, okay, <laughs> to anybody. We're in the world. We're not of the world. But while we're in the world, we do participate. You have to pay your taxes, you have to obey the laws of the land. You have to wait in line like everybody else. You know, we're not exempt from those things. We're here and we're temporary residents and we must, you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. But we don't love the world or the things in the world in that, in that sense. Um, and this is not our home, but we do have to participate properly. And while we're here, there are a couple of things that we need to be very, very clear on. And first of all is our provision. Even though this is not our home, listen to me. While you're here, we have full provision. Everybody say full provision. provision. The other thing is this. We have a huge purpose. Everybody say "Purpose." purpose. It's a great purpose. It's a huge purpose. We have full provision while we're here. We have supplements from heaven to help us. And then we have a great purpose. And largely, that purpose—and understand this—is the main reason why we're all here: is to help some other people find their way home. Amen. It's not about your career, your stuff, and all. And I think you should be growing and learning. And Christians should be the top of the heap all over the place. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and I think we should be making a difference. And we should shine in in the dark, glow in the dark. Amen. Uh, but at the same time you know we need to understand this is not our home but we do have full provision and we have this great purpose and that's to help others to find their way home too. We need to avoid the tendency to focus on just the provision though. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2 and 3 it says grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us everybody say that's me has given to us Watch this. All things that pertain to life and godliness. as full provision. Through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue. So there's a tendency that we need to avoid. And there's some that do this. There's some There's some churches and groups that even center up on this. That they're all about the provision at the expense of the purpose. They're, they're too locked in on God's full provision of their life. And they forgot what that's for. And we need to... Not do that, because if we do that, then we're going to end up spoiled. Come on. And drifting. There are others then that would be so focused on the purpose, but unaware of the provision. And so trying to fulfill great commission, trying to help others to make their way home, but they don't have any provision. And by provision, I'm talking about full life provision. I'm not I'm not finances would be included, but please don't limit it to finances. That you would have favor, that you would have peace, that you would have grace, that you would have wisdom. Anybody hearing me? That you would even have supernatural happen into your life. Because as you you look in scripture, all the supernatural things that God did, especially watch with the children of Israel. He would do these incredible things and you think, well, he did that just to help Israel. And then he'd always say, I did that so they would know that I am God. I did that that all the world would know how great I am. So from beginning to end, God is... God has his purpose here. And so it needs to be seen in our life. So don't be so focused on purpose that then you go without provision because then you're going to end up frustrated and with limited results. And then there's a third category, and that is people that are not aware of provision or purpose, and they're just living life and waiting for this whole shooting match to be over. And they live defeated and they live with no results. And so understand we have full provision. Everybody say full provision. And great purpose. Now, our provision really just speaks a covenant. And the covenant, I think, could be boiled down to this. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Which being interpreted is saying, I'm never alone. And I'm never without help. I know I'm having you repeating things, but but I want you to say this. I'm never alone. I'm never never without help. And you know what? You're going to need to know that maybe even this week. That sometimes it gets a little rough. Sometimes you feel a little down. Sometimes you're a little confused, you're a little turned around, or whatever. And you need to know this. I am never alone. I am never without help. I want you to say it again I'm never alone. And I'm never without help. And that's the covenant of our God, and I'm thankful. So be assured of his provision and be active in his purpose. Because if you miss this, you're going to be fearful, you're going to worry, you're going to be distracted, you're going to get discouraged, you're going to be disillusioned, and you're going to look to the wrong places for your provision, for your identity, for direction, for fulfillment, for anything. You're going to be looking, let me just say this in a respectful way, Washington's going to be too important to you, Wall Street's going to be too important to you, Hollywood's going to be too important to you. If we're looking to them for identity, looking to them for provision, looking to them. And listen, we participate and we honor, we pray for our president, we pray for our leaders, we pray for our governor, we pray for all of them. Pray, pray for those that are in in charge of media. I mean, pray while we're here. We pray. We make a difference. We don't just stand by and commentate and be negative with one another. One day we're going to heaven. We're to make a difference while we're still here. But well, we, we have to have be very clear on this, assured of provision, active in the purpose, because otherwise you're going to be looking to the wrong places for, for the things that we need. It's all an issue of source, and God is our source. Can I get an amen? amen? We're actually homesick for Eden, for the garden, for paradise. And as you read and study and you see what the garden was, you also find that The New Jerusalem, the the Holy City, our future home, they're really pretty much alike. And we long for that. We're homesick for that because that's where we come from. And that's where we're going to if you're a believer. I want to read to you. It's a little allegory here from a book called The Journey of Desire by John Eldridge. And it's a little story, a little allegory. And hopefully you can see the both sides of this here of a sea lion who lives in the desert. Once upon a time, there lived a sea lion who had lost the sea. He lived in a country known as the Barren Lands, high on a plateau far from any coast. It was a place so dry and dusty that it could only be called a desert. A kind of coarse grass grew in patches here and there, and a few trees were scattered across the horizon, but mostly it was dust and sometimes wind which together makes one very thirsty. Of course, it must seem strange to you that such a beautiful creature should wind up in a desert at all. He was, mind you, a sea lion. But things like this do happen. How the sea lion came to the barren lands, no one can quite remember. It all seemed so very long ago. So long, in fact, it appeared as though he had always been there. Not that he belonged in such an arid place. How could that be? He was, after all, a sea lion. But as you know, once you've lived so long in a certain spot, no matter how odd you come to think of it as home. And I hope that you can see in there that we're the sea lions. And we're living in a place that how did we end up there? And this sea lion, if you you read on, he was yearning for the sea. He would dream of the sea. He would have dreams and wake up with tears because he could see himself swimming and free and and so forth. And he longed for where he had come from. So eventually that drove him to go after it. And with his little flippers and his dried up self, that was just sun scorched and baked. He began to make his way to go find the sea again. And that desert is the world that, that we live in. And there's something in us because of where we came from that we're also longing for that we find our way back to the, to the garden. As I said earlier, this world is not our home, at least not right now. In Revelation 21 and 22, and that's your assignment this week, read those two chapters. They're, they're the last two chapters of the Bible. It says that the holy city, whew, new Jerusalem, Jerusalem means a city of peace. In the Hebrew, it means God prevails. The holy city, new Jerusalem, will descend. It will come down from God out of heaven to new heaven, new skies, and new earth. And the world and the atmosphere as we know it are going to get really, really, really bad. War, everything else. And then at the very end, though, it's going to be renovated. It's going to be restored. It's going to be unlike what it is now. It'll be similar to what it is now. Because you know what? This is God's style. This is God's taste. Look into heaven. Look into the garden. You'll see that many of the things on earth that we enjoy and that we love. They're beautiful. They take our breath away. Any of y'all get out? Y'all are looking at me like, Last evening, all our kids were gone. They were gone all different places. And Alicia and I, uh, we have a Jeep and have the top down on it. And we just went for a drive as, uh, right at sunset just a little bit after. And we went and ate. And then we went and got a coffee and drove around just a little bit. And the air was cool. And the sky was just beautiful. And, the, and the, not just the, the sunset, but then later dark. That moon. Did you see that moon? Hey, you know what? I'm not bragging or anything, but I know the guy who made that, okay? And, and the, the stars. and I, I know. I'll, I'll introduce him to you if you want right after service. But just beautiful. And I couldn't help thinking because I've been working, praying, preparing on this that, you know, I know who made that. And this is, this is part of his style. But also in heaven, home, when we get there, there are going to be things we've never seen before. And and go with me on this one, too. There's going to be things we never tasted before. I think there's going to be some things we're going to go. Is this heaven or what? Okay. I mean, it's just going to be awesome. Can I get an amen on that one? All right. All right. Good deal. But the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven and coming down into the earth. And that will be home again. That will be our home. Now, without going into all of that so much right now, I want to show you just a little bit of a a chart. And this chart can get really, really complex. We're just going to draw one point out of it here in a moment, but I've got to do a little bit of work here. There are three eras. There are three time periods for the earth and for mankind. And so there's the past. Everybody say past. And then there's the present. And the, and the future. And the past, that was history. And the present, that's reality. And the future, that's destiny. And so we find the past or the first era of all of this, Genesis 1 and 2. Just the first two chapters of the Bible. And you can read those. And then something happened. The fall of man. Everything changed. Man is driven out of the garden. The garden, did you know this? Just a little trivia here. The garden is still on the earth, but it's blocked. No one can find it. GPS, satellites, whatever, it's blocked. You cannot, you cannot see it, but it's here, Scripture says. So don't go looking for it, okay? Don't try to, we're going on a trip. No, you're not. And if you do, don't mention Meadowbrook, okay? All right. So you got, you got the fall of man. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Somebody told me after first service, she and, uh, a lady at work invited a young man to, to church. And he said, what church? And she said, Meadowbrook. And he goes, Meadowbrook. Is that the church that a billionaire owns and the, and the pastor just works for him? <laughs> she goes, I don't know where you heard that story. But it's a whole bunch of salt of the earth folks. Isn't that the weirdest story in the world? So if you heard that story, not true, okay? And if you are here today and you're a billionaire, we would like to talk to you because we've got a room we've got to finish down here. and And some other things. Okay, back to our show. So Genesis 1 and 2, first era, fall of man, everything changes. Then we go from Genesis chapter 3. All the way to Revelation chapter 20. And this is rebellion and redemption. Rebellion and redemption. All of this going on. And then we come to the future. And that's in Revelation 21 and 22. And that'll be the third era. And guess what? This was home. Everybody say home. home. This was home. This is not home. And this will be home. And where this got messed up, this will be permanent and will be never messed up. There'll be nothing to enter it that can defile. Amen. No tears, no pain. As I told you last week, no bills, Amen. no enemies, no devil, no temptation, no nothing. This is future. Amen. This is perfect. This is unbroken. And we have that to look forward to. Now, we have in our current reality, as we're here on this earth, we have, we have glimmers of the past. You know what? We have beautiful creation. We have goodness of people. Look at a baby. Look at a puppy. Look at somebody being good to somebody. You you can see glimmers of where all this came from. And we also have some glimpses of the future of where we're going. But this, this is what I want to talk to you about right here. Here's where we are right here, right here. And I want to call this in between. Everybody say in between. So where this was home and this will be home, we're right now in the in between. Say it again. In between. We're living in between. The original paradise, the original and and the ultimate and the restored and the permanent unbroken home. For the unbeliever, excuse me, for the believer, this is the most hell you'll ever have. I want, I want that to soak in again. For the believer, any believers here today? This is the most hell you'll ever have. For the unbeliever, this is the most heaven you'll ever have. But what I want to make sure of this morning, that in between, say it again, in between, between. that in between, we're not the ones fretting and moping. We're not the ones that are fearful and stalled. If somebody says, where's a Christian? Let me find him. Oh, there he is. They're the ones who drag their tails. They're the ones who gripe and complain. They're the ones who are self-righteous and sad. They're the ones with mopey, sad, deep sea fish looking faces. No, let me tell you about believers that are in between. Listen to me. Us, where we're at. Because we have great purpose and because we have full provision. I made a little list here. We're to be strong. We're to be centered. We're to be active. We're to be learning. We're to be growing. We're to be joyful. We're to have grace and peace in our lives. We're to be blessed. We're to be being a blessing. We're to be salt. We're to be light. We're to be sugar. Like some kind of alien. We're not like the world. Are y'all hearing me? And we're positive. And we walk by faith. And nothing's impossible. Nothing's too difficult. And we're either up or we're getting up. Are y'all hearing me? Daniel, Daniel was not at home, he was in captivity. As well as as some of his buddies. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Their group in the 60s. They came up with Love Machine. Remember that one? (laughs) Joking. Some of y'all were drifting. I had to get you back. Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And some others. Guess what? In the middle of that captivity and everything else. And they weren't home. They weren't home. We're not home. It said that they shined. They were brighter. They were smarter. They were better. One one place early in Daniel said they were 10 times better than the king's best. Daniel went on to write this. The people who know their God are strong and do great exploits. And you don't have to be home for that. Are you hearing me? You don't have to be home for that. We're not home. We're going home, but we're not home. We're in between. We're in between. And I call you as believers. Listen, pull upon the truth that you have a huge purpose. And we're not going to fulfill our purpose if we're dragging our tail. You are to be advertisement for God. I want to say it again. You're to be advertisement for God. I'll never forget, and I was at a pretty optional age early on, and our family is a part of a church, and the the church split, and then we ended up in one of the split parts with all the sad people. And I'll never forget hanging around with some of them. And I'm just, I'm, I'm like a teenager. I'm just starting my teen years and I'm paying attention to all this Jesus church stuff. And so far, I don't like it too good. I thought this was going to be good. I, I gave Jesus my, my life, my heart. And I liked that part of it, but I didn't, I couldn't stand some of his people. That's why I tell y'all a lot of stuff. Okay. And I remember saddest looking man among them. Give your life to Jesus and you can be like me. That day I decided to be a pirate. Are you hearing me? You are advertisement and not fake advertisement, religious and change your voice with a Christian accent and put on your church face. No, I'm talking about real deal, not perfect. Not perfect, but you know who your source is and you're strong and you're centered and you're growing and you're learning and you're bright and you're joyful and you're helpful and you serve and you've got grace and you've got peace and you're salt and you're light and you're sugar. And that looks different than the world. That's an alien. As scripture said, we're strangers. We're passing through. But there's something about you. God in you working in you. His full provision. It says, I want that. I need that. And it doesn't mean you're without problems. Well, long as we're here, we're going to have problems. If you bought into a theology that says you won't have problems, you bad purchase. You need to understand we're going to go through stuff. We go through stuff, but operative word through. And it's all the supplements and help that come from heaven that help us to get through. And can I tell you something? The world's watching. The world's watching. And we're, we're not at home, but you know what? Make yourself at home, folks, and shine for Jesus. That almost sounds cliche, but shine for Jesus. It's worth every morning for your own sake and then for the people around you as we fulfill this great purpose of helping other people find their way home. It's worth getting up in the morning. It's worth calling upon the name of the Lord. It's worth giving Him control over your life and your television habits and your finances. And all of those things, it's worth giving him control. You'll have such blessing and peace in your life. And you'll be a great advertisement for God as well. Amen? Amen. Well, we went way off notes, but we went to the right place, I'll tell you right there. Now, real quick. I want to read you a couple verses to just kind of help you. Because you need to be assured of God's full provision. You need to be active in this great purpose. And I want to read a few verses for you to give you some perspective in the meantime. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 in the New Living Translation. It'll be on the screen. It says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. And the message Bible says, that's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 in the New Living. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Listen to it in the message Bible. It says these hard times are small potatoes (laughs) compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. And one of my favorite passages in the whole wide Bible, Psalm 23, verse 13, 27, verse 13, 14. I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Where's that? In between right here. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Isn't that good stuff? I want to show you one thing real quick and add one thing to our list. Everybody say provision. Purpose. Now watch this real quick. And I showed this to you last week, but I want to make a point of something. That pin's dying. I thought it was an ice cream truck. This is the world, this is earth, okay? And we saw there's the first heaven, it's the atmosphere, it's the sky around us. Second heaven, there's spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. It's like a fried egg. And then because of the holy city, it's a city four square, we talked about it last week. That's the third heaven. Get this, now follow this. Jesus descended from the third heaven. He came and put on flesh, became a man, dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit, with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him, preaching, teaching, healing, sharing the greatest things that have ever, ever been spoken on this planet. Lived that perfect and sinless life. He showed us the father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. He became sin for us on a cross. He paid the price. He was the sacrificial lamb on the cross. He died. They buried him. Three days later, he rose from the grave. Then he spent some time. The book of Acts chapter one tells us he spent some time, 40 days. That's almost six weeks teaching of the kingdom of God. He ascended back into the third heaven. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended from the third heaven and came to fulfill new covenant for us that you and I would never be alone and we would never be without help. And he brings us his strength. The Holy Spirit brings us help and comfort. Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but you, I won't leave you comfortless. I won't leave you without help. I won't leave you alone. You will not be orphans. I'm sending the Holy spirit to come. And as the Holy spirit comes, he's going to help you. He's going to guide you. He's going to show you things to come. He's going to warn you. He's going to show you where your provision is. He's going to give you wisdom from above. He's going to dwell in you and He'll never leave you. He'll convict you of sin. He'll reward you. He'll help you in all these He'll empower you to do what you cannot do. He's your help from heaven. And He came. Look where He came. Look where He came. He came to in between. He came to in between so that you and I could accept and make good on what Jesus came down to do and then ascended having completed and then sending his Holy spirit to come and live in us. He had to prepare us for heaven and he's gone to prepare heaven for us. And here's the deal. If you're a believer, if you receive Jesus, if you let the Holy spirit come and help you in this life, one day when you die or when we fly, it's a quick trip. It's a quick trip. I need to take just a moment to share this with you because was it second service last week? A man who's part of our church for years, his whole family, his wife's a teacher at our school, was here last week, last Sunday, this service. He helped in altar ministry for years. We had a tremendous altar call. We've been having just incredible response to that. And he was one of the ones who went back and shared with somebody and prayed with them and helped them to receive Jesus. And he signed, he signed the, the little worker sheet, you know, with some of the information and so forth. They went to lunch, them and some friends. He commented at lunch. He said, man, because we talked about heaven last week. He said, heaven sounds awesome. 38 years old. And just after midnight last Sunday night, he went home. Now, I don't have all the answers on that. I think that's far too young. And I don't understand all of that. But I do know this, that to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. Now, hold on. To be absent is present. So for Jonathan, it was a quick trip. As soon as he stepped out of his body, he stepped into the presence of the Lord. So whether we die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Or the great rapture of the church, where we're caught up. The Bible says that will happen in the twinkling of an eye. It's a quick trip. Jesus came from the third heaven, did his work, went back, came into the in between. He went back, sent the Holy Spirit, all of that, so you and I could go home. But in the meantime, in between, we have a huge purpose yes, and we have full provision. So follow this. I wish you had a little more time, but I'm just going to do this real quick. You need to be assured, assured of full provision. You need to be active in this great purpose. And thirdly, and very importantly, you need to be fully aware of the Holy Spirit's help. We're not at home, but while we're here, we're on kingdom business and we have help from our homeland. We have supplements from heaven to give us things that are not found here on this planet. There's a brand of peace that will guard your heart and mind. There's a grace that is enough. You have everything that you need for life and godliness. Get focused on him. Don't drag your tail. Don't mope. Don't fret. Don't be fearful. Don't be stalled. Let's be the people that are strong because we know our God and do great exploits. Let's be salt. Let's be light. Let's be sugar. Let's advertise for God. Not in put-on ways, but in real deal ways. And God will help us to do that while we're in between. And then one day, we're going home. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.